0: Now it's time for another thrilling episode with our guys here at Speakeasy Sports. You guys are archaeologists, like internet archaeologists. Your source for slightly inappropriate and rarely PC sports news, pop culture, and all things in between. Speakeasy Sports. So many naked models. I was I, I didn't know what to do. Welcome back. Welcome back. It is Sunday, May 12th. It is Mother's Day. Shout-outs to all the moms. We are back with a special episode of Speakeasy Sports. And I need to apologize because I lied to you right now. We are not back with anything. It's me. I'm riding solo today, as always. Brian Campana sitting alongside my trusty... Everybody's gone today. It's Mother's Day. We can't expect everybody to get together. But Game of Thrones, Season 8, Episode 5, going down tonight. And it's going to be a slobber knocker. So we had some things we had to get off our chest, myself included. And the other person need to get some stuff off their chest or my emotions. So we'll be hopping into that in just a little bit. It's been a wild week. We had uh, <laughs> the Angels continue their domination against the Detroit Tigers. I did the math. In the last 158 games, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim against the Detroit Tigers have won 100 of them. Almost a two-thirds win percentage. They're sitting at 6 6 3 this is crazy. Um, they dominate us. They're our daddy. I mean, that's that's it, Angels fans. You want to hear it from me, the Tigers fan himself. Who's your daddy? It's the Angels. That's that's who it is. Mike Trout, uh, I mean, that's that's really all there is to say. The Tigers have just not had their number since the year 2000. Um, it, they, they've lost two-thirds of the time. So it is what it is. Sean would be happy with that. I had to at least mention that. But, man, that, just like that team makes me need to drink. Uh, last week's episode we'll get into just here in a sec, but I need a beer first. i'm drinking uh mongo ipa by port brewing company um it's a strong one and i need it because as i mentioned we got thrown games tonight let's look back first let's look back um it's really the only way to do this effectively uh goodness where do we start i mean we start uh let's start at the very beginning uh we start off with what i expected to be a uh, nice little uh a little gathering there at Winterfell? No, no, no. There's uh, there are a lot of corpse piles there, a lot of funeral pyres going, and it was not not the brightest part. I was thought that they all be uh, toast into Arya, but no. Uh, we we saw Danny weeping over Jorah's corpse. We saw Sansa crying over Theon. Explain that to me, Sam. Uh, after he pussed out and didn't burn Dolores head, he, he's sitting over crying over his. John gives a a almost in Independence Day presidential speech, uh, gives this kind of great speech, but kind of not in cheesy speech. And then we get into the drinking. We see Tyrion, we see Big Dick Pod getting his groove on, playing some drinking games with Jamie and Brienne. Tormund, Tormund needs his own show, uh, first off and foremost. Um, I need the spin spinoff. We have to. But everybody seems good at first, even Danny. Everybody starts partying. Uh, apparently, it's out now that, that John is, uh has just come back from the dead. Apparently, uh, that's just kind of accepted, and nobody really questions that because they're all just laughing about it as they're drinking. So that was a little wild. Um, what else? I mean, we, we had Gendry gets handed over Storm's End from Daenerys. Uh, Gendry gets his own name wrong, which I thought was a little bizarre. Uh, he calls himself Gendry Rivers, but if you're from the Riverlands and you're a, a bastard, you're Rivers... But if you are a bastard that is from Stormlands, you're Waters. So he's actually Gendry Waters. So I don't know, maybe he's just caught in the moment or, or really just, just tripping, trying to figure out where Arya was so he could propose. Um, all of a sudden, it kind of turns into like this, almost like this VHS style like porn. I mean, it, like everybody is just getting drunk and hooking up and, and Tormund swings and misses with Brienne, gets real emotional. And then he's got a girl that comes up, says she's not afraid of wildlings. So we got that. Everyone's toasting. Arya nowhere to be found, but Gendry finds her. Almost gets shot in the face for it, but finds her. Proposes marriage. Says like, "Hey, I'm kind of a lord now. You could be my lady for real." She's like, eh, not my, not my thing, bro. Um, I'll always be, you know. I know when that hotline bling, that she's gonna come over. You know, that's that's what you got, Gendry. You got yourself a nice little, uh, nice little side piece whenever she's around. But that's just not Arya's style. And and good on you, Arya, for staying true to that. Um, feasting kind of turns into battle plans where they all of a sudden magically." have survived. 50% of the Dothraki, 50% of the Unsullied. Uh, doesn't make any sense to me. I, I'm just going to write that off, that the showrunners were just trying to... I really don't know what they're trying to do. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've, I still have faith. I have faith in d and I have faith in them to recover. But I mean, I would imagine this is them just trying to save time instead of Danny having to go send for Dario Naharis and the second sons back from Essos. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I thought she was gonna have to go grab like uh, the Knights of the Vale from Robin out, you know, out there in the Erie. I don't know. It's just there's there's other people out there they could have gone and gotten. I understand that that they went this route that they didn't show us them all dying so that they could feasibly have escaped or been wounded, whatever. But there's enough for them to get Danny on her way and Sansa. Uh, Sansa, Danny uh, not getting along um, at all. <laughs> but Sansa really is standing up saying, Leo, oh, listen, like, they're tired. Like, you really just want to go march them all the way down to King's Landing from Winterfell? Uh, right now? You don't want to wait a little bit? You know, but I, I get that Danny really fucked herself by going up and helping out Jom at this war. She would have had three dragons and could have gone straight to the Red Keep and just demolished Cersei and everything she stood for and done exactly what she wanted is get on the Iron Throne. She'd already be ruling as we speak. In, at least in terms of the show. But I guess before we go any further, we should talk about that scene um between John and Daenerys. I guess before we talk about that scene with Jamie and Brienne and before we talk about that scene with uh John and, and Ghost. But Danny kinda comes to John like everything's honky dory, you know? Like she's she's begging him to basically not tell anybody. And if she's in love with this guy, she knows Jack shit about this dude. And he knows Jack shit about her. Uh they're just they're just a, in lust. But she basically tells John the one thing he will never do, which is lie. Like, it kills John that his father, Ned, well, his quote-unquote who he believed was his father his whole life, Ned, kept that secret about his true identity his entire life. And John has always been a man of honor. And Daenerys is straight up asking him to lie. Not really lie, but just not tell anybody. And says it would create division, which it would. And I don't know. Like, I, I think she's trying to manipulate him, but... You know, he, he says he owes it to Sansa and Arya to let him know the truth. Uh, but does he? Because then we get that scene between John and Arya and Sansa, and John totally us out. Like, Bran's is like, y- you should tell them. And John's like, yeah, I should tell them. Uh, why, why don't Why don't you do it? And we don't get that on screen. And that's kind of, I feel like that was a big miss by the showrunners, was not having that scene unfold on camera. I mean, we already watched... Tyrion's conversation go on off screen with Bran you know uh, trying to out about Bran's journey we, we've seen that conversation as Brendan would love to keep bringing up um, but it's true we saw that conversation between Tyrion and Cersei um, before Cersei came back out and said that she was going to send her troops up I don't know I mean th- there's some moments here I really think they could have spent some time doing but in the end um, I don't know I don't know where they're going here I think I do and it kind of makes me uh, a little worried but this interesting episode, because um, Danny's like so vile throughout, but she's she's finally like like Cersei is way more vile, and and I think it kind of scared Danny a little bit and pissed her off. But Varys is basically on the ship. He he doesn't really know if he's going to support Danny anymore. He's thinking about you know kind of switching sides over to John once he gets the information from Sansa but i don't know like it was so weird okay so is it possible that tyrion is going to betray danny or sansa and end up supporting his sister right because if i'm if i'm cersei and i'm standing on that wall and i've got the last dragon on the ground i've got danny sitting right there the one that's trying to claim for my throne i've got my little dickhead brother who killed my dad who we've had big problems with for quite a while um I just light him up. You got those scorpions right there. You got archers. Just light them up. It's over. It's over. Like, you aim all of those scorpions over at Drogon. He dead. He's gonna die. Point blank from all those. That's just not gonna happen. But somehow, someway, Tyrion just walks right on past Kyburn and starts talking directly to Cersei. And I don't know. Something about that's a little odd. But last episode had a lot go on. I mean, the mountain at the end ends up beheading Missandei. Who looks at Danny for her last words and says, "Drakaras, burn them all." So here is what we know is going to happen in the next episode. At least this is what I know is going to happen. First off and foremost, um, Danny's pissed. Okay, but let's let's look at where we where we left. Okay, we had Arya, we had the Hound, and we had Jamie leaving King's Landing. Okay, and Jamie, Jamie. Before we get into this episode, my dude, they spent so much time on this character arc of, of him and Brienne. And I think in the end, it's it's the character arc is he wants to get out and he wants to love other people, but he's always, as a showrunner said, after the last episode, they said that Jamie's just got this almost un- uncurable addiction to Cersei, so he's on his way back now. Um, leaves Brienne, who's like totally boy crazy all of a sudden, crying there in her in her robe out in the middle of the night in Winterfell, freezing her tits off. But we had, we had Jamie leave. Arya and the Hound left. They're going down to King's Landing, and Jon was on his way we didn't see him last episode but we know he's bringing the forces via ground uh good call john by deciding to take the horse and not the dragon because uh that would be quite a fall for you from that height but Arya the hound and jamie i think they are going to head down they're going to use the information that Tyrion has on how to basically get into king's landing through the sewer system um and somehow in this process i believe Jamie's going to be captured and thrown into into prison okay we're going to have Varys is going to get burned alive in this episode. That's a fact. He's going to try and play Danny or something like that. She's going to figure out what the fuck he's up to. And him and Tyrion, because they had that conversation together, are going to go on trial together. I believe that Drogon is going to burn Varys alive. And I think Tyrion somehow, some way, is once again going to escape any kind of actual punishment. This time not having Bronn come in to save him in a trial by combat, but just legit just getting away with it. Um... I think Danny's going to find out that Sansa is the one that betrayed Jon's promise. That's going to start a divide that we're going to see play out in the last episode. At least I would think so. Yara, she's been back in the Iron Islands, uh, quote-unquote claiming them for their queen. Um, I think Yara's going to team up with Danny on Drogon. And Drogon's first going to do a a strafing run down that wall. It's going to wipe out all of those scorpions. Hopefully under the veil of night. Because like, hello, let's use it at night. You know, let's use the dragon at night where these scorpions cannot hit her, cannot see her dragon. And I don't know. I would expect that to happen. Then she's going to team up with Yara, and for once, for once, Euron's going to get caught by surprise. And he's just going to get completely taken out. I think this causes the Golden Company to kind of switch teams, because they've always gone with what's the best investment, right? They've never broken a contract. That's They keep bringing that up. The Golden Company has never broken a contract. I mean, why do you keep mentioning that, you know? you're bringing them to Cersei's side with the money that she got from Highgarden, from that sacking, and I don't know. I, tell me I'm wrong, but I think the Golden Company is going to switch teams like LeBron James, once realizing that eh, I don't have, I have it in Cleveland anymore, I'm going to go over to uh, to Miami and do my thing. So I think the Golden Company is going to take their talents to North Beach and uh, team up with the opposing side. Um, Cersei's going to panic, as she always does. She was a wreck during... Uh, during the last time that she was uh, stuck in that towel, that tower uh, with Sansa during the Battle of the Blackwater. and I think she's gonna panic. She's probably gonna free Jamie. They're setting that up. She's gonna free Jamie and they're gonna go hide. Wildfire, we know wildfire's still around. Kyburn is gonna try and use that wildfire um, to burn them all um, as they say. he's just really upset that the uh, the Army of the dead is is gone because he doesn't have his uh you know his reanimated hand to help him with his uh, his dirty work. But he's going to try and use that wildfire. That's probably going to kill some people. Um, I guess my my hot take, Jamie's going to kill Cersei. Um, going to stab her. I, it would be fitting, the way they've been going on a full circle, I would expect to see Jamie stab Cersei in her her pregnant belly, if she's even fucking pregnant, right? But in her pregnant belly, kind of like, uh, um, what was her name? Talisa Stark during the Red Wedding, right? And then what's going to happen next? Jon's going to see that it was Arya wearing Jamie's face. She's going to pull off her face, reveal that, Arya's going to get herself into some trouble. But then here it comes. We've been waiting for this. The hound's going to come in and fight in the mountain, right? (laughs) They're going to fight. And they're both going to be without a helmet, okay? We are going to see the mountain's zombie fuck face. And we're going to see the face that we've seen all the time. You know, in the beginning we saw him with his his dog helmet on. But pretty much since Joffrey, we haven't really seen him with that helmet on. But he's going to somehow stay alive enough to overcome his fear of fire right because they have that fear of fire probably to save Arya, because they're setting that up too and then everyone's going to start turning on danny and that's going to lead us to our next episode at least that's what i think is going to happen but i don't know how i feel about this um first character arcs right uh jamie's is is tough john leaving behind ghost is tough and that was that was a really tough one for me i got emotional i mean that's like your pet dude like, this guy's been with you through thick and thin. He's got the, the cojones Ghost does to stand on the front lines of the Dothraki charging off into this darkness. And like, who knows what we're going to run into, but we're just going to go full speed into it, YOLO. But for John, just to give him away like that and have him go with Tormund, I mean, the only thing I can think of here is that we're going to finish this off and we're going to have John going back up to try and rebuild the Night's Watch. Probably use Brand's magic. It would make sense. Brand the Builder, Brandon the Builder. But I think that we're going to see john possibly go back up there and hopefully reunite with ghost and that would save this for me but if this is the last we saw of ghost then that's really depressing because because that's that's your dog and you just gave him away and didn't even give him a hug or a kiss or, or a pet and and i know that's not john's fault i know a lot of that has to do with the showrunners and their budget with cgi but like yo take like a freaking husky and put it up on like a, a block so it looks bigger they film movies with vince vaughn with him standing further in the distance, and they make it look like he's standing right there because he's so damn tall. You could do the same thing. You could manipulate how the footage looks. You can use depth of field to your advantage. Give us John given Ghost a hug. That's a three-second freaking deal right there. Probably take you 20 minutes to film, if that. But it hurts. It hurts to watch that as a pet owner myself. That was a very tough one. But that's my predictions for this week. I think we're going to end up... I'll tell you my hot take is is John is going to have to kill Danny... He's going to have to, basically, he's going to get fed up with Danny. He's going to come out and say to everybody that he is Aegon Targaryen. And he has the rightful claim. He's going to kill Danny and then relinquish the throne. So he can kill her. He can usurp her. But instead of taking the spot over, I think he's destined for a life of isolation. It's just what they've set up. And so that's where my brain's going with how I think this episode's going to go. If Brennan was here, if Sean was here, we'd have some more theories. And they'd point out all the holes in mine. But I don't know. I don't know. The one thing I want out of tonight is just, I would, I would like things just to start to, to fall together, right? And, and, and my big fear is, is with there not being enough time left and there's too many pieces still on the chessboard, that we're going to have these shock value moments. And I thought they nailed it with Arya just coming out of fucking nowhere to kill the Night King. That was brilliant. I loved that. They've kind of been setting up for that moment once you go back and look. It's like the sixth sense, like, oh, shit, Bruce Willis's character has been dead this whole time. You go back and watch again, and you're like, oh, there's a hint, there's a hint, there's a hint, there's a hint. I mean, it started in season one with John before he went to the wall the first time to take the black and join the Night's Watch, gave her needle, and then Ned, noticing she had a sword, she's, he said that she needed to learn how to use it. Enter Syria. She trained in the water walking. Okay. Then we had her go and train the many-faced god. I mean, there, there is, she, she can steal people's fucking face, right? And she still couldn't get rid of Needle. We saw her fighting with Brienne, sparring at Winterfell last season, and she beat Brienne because she was able to switch hands and pull the dagger out. And that's something, we've been led to believe that moment. I'm not upset. The Night King could not have been the final baddie. Like, you cannot have a baddie that you do not know his motivations that does not talk. That just is, no, it's not going to happen. My concern is now, like, that was a pointless beheading, right? Absolutely pointless to behead Masandi. That is a valuable, valuable hostage to have. And you just, just cut her head off right then and there. If you're trying to piss off Danny, she's got a dragon. And you really don't have many friends. You have money backing you, Cersei. But you don't have, like, she has dragons. Like, she has you guys surrounded. They're going to try and siege. I don't know. I don't know. But Game of Thrones should be exciting tonight. We had to get something out there. I had to get my my call on the record. But I'm just not quite sure how this is gonna go. So I look forward to watching it tonight. I'll be watching it with my co host, Brendan. Also is as well, well be watching that with uh you know, maybe we'll get him on one of these days. We'll get we'll get Ken on here. But it's gonna be a fun night. Um We've got basically what, just under three hours? Two hours and forty minutes, more or less. And then there's no more Game of Thrones ever. We get two more intros ever. So... Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? I'm entertained, but man, it's it's getting... It, it's, it's getting intense now, so... We'll see. We'll see who ends up on that throne, but man... It's almost at the end. This is the first show that I've gotten this into and been into as it was live. Like, Breaking Bad, I was late to... Didn't really get into Westworld. I tried. Lost, you know, I was in on. Sopranos, I was in on. But there were, there weren't many. It's been a while. So this has been kind of a fun ride for me. And I'm looking at this more like... When people look at an NBA draft, at an NFL draft, they come out and say, oh, draft grades, right? Oh, C- minus for this team. B- plus for this team. You don't know for like three years, right? I mean, you just don't know. That's how I feel. Like, I'm not going to sit here and bash on... Game of Thrones and their showrunners, having not seen the last two episodes, if things go at the pace that they are going right now, I'll have something to say. But I'm at least going to give them the benefit of the doubt and wait out these last two episodes. So, be careful out there, for the night is dark and and full of tears. But that was Game of Thrones talk, and now a message from the Tustin Brewing Company. Do you like local beers? Yes. Are you a fan of locally owned businesses? Yes. Well, then come on down to the Tustin Brewing Company. We have over six local beers on tap made in-house. Come down today. Yay! All right, we're back from break. not going to be a long second half today. You guys don't need to hear me go full Colin Cowherd on my takes. We're in the thick of it here. We're uh we're almost at conference finals stages in the NBA. The NHL's in conference finals mode already. But the Portland Trail Blazers knocked off the Denver Nuggets today in game seven in Denver, winning by four points, one hundred to ninety-six. In the end, I, I just think that Denver, while a fabulous young team is exactly that, they're young and they're inexperienced. Nikola Djokic is a phenomenal dad bod player man. He is a great basketball player with a dad bod. It's that team's going to be fun going forward. They've got a lot of young talent. That Jamal Murray's is going to be a hell of a player. He was playing hurt in this series. I mean, Paul Millsap's always just kind of been one of those steady eddies that they've got. It's kind of this older presence on their team, but that team's got a lot of young superstars on it. And when Jokic played that game that went four overtimes in this series and he played 65 of 68 minutes this guy's like six eight right 610 250 pounds plays plays all that time um the guy's a hell of a player but he's just not a superstar uh he's he's not good enough to carry in the end like once once Portland had kind of exercised their their playoff demons by being able to get out of that first round against OKC it's really been interesting as to their path now because the Warriors and the Trailblazers is is going to be a series that's going to be interesting for about 30 seconds right? Even if Portland had Jerkic, excuse me, Nurkic still available. Jokic and Nurkic, LOL. Even if Portland still had Nurkic in there, they just don't have an answer for Golden State. I mean, Golden State, even without KD, is going to go back to their roots, and that's going to be ball movement, pressure defense, and it's going to be a lot of three pointers. Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry are two of the best, I'd say two of the top five three-point shooters in NBA history? I would. Ray Allen, Glenn Rice, Reggie Miller. I think those are the only three I can think of that are better, consistently better. Um, I'd have to go look at numbers, but that's where I'm at on them. My question is, can Milwaukee beat the Warriors? I mean, Milwaukee's waiting right now for the winner of this Philadelphia series against Toronto. I mean, can one of those teams beat Milwaukee? I don't think so. Does Milwaukee serve the, the best chance that any of us have to not see the Warriors win another title? I think so. I think it's Milwaukee. Without KD, they're going to have a hell of a time guarding Giannis. So we're going to come down to guys like Chris Milton, see if they can consistently make buckets. And my boy, Matt Connaughton, good lord. That guy has been on fire in this series. It's a hell of a player. White boy loves to dunk. It's, it's kind of sick. But this is the Warriors to lose, guys, right? I mean, Houston built an entire team around beating Golden State and just lost at home. You take that game back to Golden State, back to Oakland for Game 7, if you're the Rockets... You're tied 3-3. There's no Kevin Durant. You're coming in with some moxie. At least you'd think. James Harden's a liability on defense. Can you be a superstar by playing no defense? Just watch him. Is he really a superstar? He's a great scorer. Is Russell Westbrook a, a superstar? Or is he just fill up a stat sheet? I mean, you gotta be able to win, right? Right? Do you? To be a superstar? Ask Dan Marino. Is he a superstar? I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you right now, Like if James Harden can't figure out how to play a little bit of defense, like teams just switch on to him. And take advantage of him. Because he's not going to foul. He's got to stay in that game. He's only fouled out, like, I think four times in his career. And three of them were Scott Foster games. (laughs) I don't know. Give me the Warriors in five against the Blazers. I'll take the Warriors in five. I'll give the Blazers one game at home. Give me... Let's call it game four. I'll give him game four in Portland. That's it. Now, Milwaukee, that's going to be a different series, I think. I think Toronto-Milwaukee match up real well. I think Milwaukee crushes Philly. If it goes that way, I think they crush Philadelphia. Give me bucks and five against Philly. Give me bucks and six against Toronto. I don't know if Psycam and, and Kawhi are good enough. You gotta man, how are you gonna stop how are you gonna stop Giannis? Do you just let Giannis do his thing at fifty? You take that LeBron James approach? I'm gonna take you out of this game. Let's see if your team can beat us. All right. Do what you want to do. You can't score enough to on your own to beat us. You're not Wilt Chamberlain. Or is he? <laughs> is he? I mean, Giannis has gotta be top three player in the NBA now. Maybe. Maybe top five. I don't know. We'll see going forward. Let's talk hockey um, just because, because we can, really. Uh, the Boston Bruins are going to be done with the, the Carolina Hurricanes so fast in this series. The NHL is going to make sure of it. The NHL needs Boston in this Stanley Cup final. Need to. Because right now you have the Raleigh-Durham Market, the Boston Market. Boston Market, great food, by the way. That was not a, uh, not a marketing piece, but if Boston Market wanted to send us some free food, I'd take one of those rotisserie chickens and I would just highlight you on the air every day. But that Boston TV market is the biggest one left. You've got San Jose, whatever. <laughs> right? I mean, whatever. And St. Louis. Not a huge market, especially not for hockey. I think it's going to be St. Louis versus Boston. And I think Boston wins in six. I like, mean, it's just, they're, they're going to sweep Carolina. Morassic today gave up six goals. Six goals. They brought him back out for the start of the third period. Give up six goals. Two more in that third period. That's going to be demoralizing to your, to your ego, right? I mean, that's, you leave him in there and he, 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 Pitches a shutout there in the third period, you know, doesn't give up anything, maybe makes like 15 saves. Now you've saved his, uh, you've saved some of his, his ego. You've got some confidence still in there. Um, where do you have left to go? <laughs> I know this game was in Boston. You're going back home. You're going to have a crowd in it. But man, you go up a goal in those first five minutes. If you're Peter Morasic in game three in Raleigh, that that's, crowd's going to turn on you real quick, right? I mean, that's going to be tough. They might steal a game in, in Raleigh. They might, but I'll, I'll take the sweep. I'll take the sweep. And the Sharks, I mean, the Sharks, they're the best team on paper, right? But but people who live in LA hate the Sharks, most of them because they're Kings fans. I don't have any hatred for the Sharks. What I have is a pair of eyes at work. And the Sharks seem to lose when there's no reason that they should, right? I mean, they, they seem to blow these big opportunities. I love Pavelski. I love Joe Thornton. I love Logan Couture. I love Brent Burns. I love Martin Jones. I love that team. I'd love to see them win. Love to see them win a cup. But hey, being the best on paper, you gotta be a best on the ice when that clock reads zeroes. So we'll see how that goes. I, just, I don't know what to expect. Game of Thrones just got me, got me triggered. We're gonna have some more stuff coming up for you. We definitely are gonna be getting on the airwaves at least once next week to bring you our reaction from Season 8, Episode 5 of, Lo- of Game of Thrones. And we're also gonna be looking forward to the season and series finale of Game of Thrones as well, which is coming next Sunday. We're gonna try and do a live reaction podcast right after. We'll see how that goes, see if we can get that set up. But for now, I'm still Brian Campana. This is still Speakeasy Sports. We've been kind of getting back to our roots here, getting a little bit more pop culture involved. Once Game of Thrones is done, it's going to be a a black morass. So we'll see what we got coming up after that. Hope everybody's having a fabulous Mother's Day. Shout out to my mother, Debbie. Happy Mother's Day Ma Hope you're having a wonderful day We celebrated her 60th birthday last weekend It was great to see her and her friends all together with My pops, great time But from those of us here at Speakeasy Sports I'd like to say thank you to stopping by It's the first time I took the reins and did this one solo Hopefully it turned out okay I just needed to get some of those Game of Thrones theories off my chest But for those of us here at Speakeasy Sports We love you, thank you Enjoy your Game of Thrones tonight, and I swear to God, D and D, if you blow this, you can just suck it. Hello, Coast. It's me, your old buddy John. But you can call me Aegon. I'm sorry I had to just leave you in Winterfell. But hey, look at the bright side have so much more room for activities up at Castle Black and north of the wall. You'll even get an opportunity to get drunk because the guy I'm sending you up there with cannot fear to drink by getting everything into his mouth at one time. He likes to spill.